If you're an occupational therapist looking to develop your skills in hand therapy, this podcast is for you. Your host, Huang Tron, occupational therapist and certified hand therapist turned serial entrepreneur with her own therapy clinic in Miami. Huang is an author and successful coach helping occupational therapists get jobs, develop their skills, and become certified hand therapists so they can become experts in their area. Huang works with occupational therapists from across the United States and around the world. She talks about everything from hand therapy skills, career development, leadership skills, money mindset, and business. You too can become an expert certified hand therapist, business owner, and have more choices in your career. Subscribe now. Hey guys, how are you? My name is Huang. I'm an occupational therapist and certified hand therapist. I wanted to come on and share the four aspects that the HTCC want you to know when it comes to studying to become a certified hand therapist. So if you are an occupational therapist and if you are a physical therapist and you want to become a certified hand therapist, then welcome. Again, my name is Huang. I'm an occupational therapist. I'm a certified hand therapist. I'm a business owner. I've got my clinic that you're seeing here in the background. And and I'm the business owner of Hand Therapy Secrets. And one of my biggest goals, my biggest goals is to help other therapists, other occupational therapists really be able to have a fulfilling and a great career as an occupational therapist. And, and it's possible for you to have fun while you're doing it. It doesn't all have to be a struggle. And that's really what I'm here to help you do. Okay. So when it comes to becoming a certified hand therapist, when it becomes to when it comes down to improving your skills, getting that job in hand therapy, studying to become a certified hand therapist, everyone makes it seem so hard. And I really want to change the narrative for you because a lot of times what happens is when we think it's hard, then we expect it to be hard, and then all that we see are that things are hard. So one way to really change the narrative is to change the words that we're using. It's totally doable to become a certified hand therapist. There's ways in which you can study and ways in which you could do things so that things that could be essentially easier for you, right? More enjoyable for you because not everything has to be like horrendously terrible. Now I will say though, for every opportunity that you get, there are challenges, right? So you have been wanting to get that job, to get your hours, to get your years to become a certified hand therapist. You had those opportunities. You did the work to create those opportunities for yourself. And now you're hit with this challenge, this new challenge. You know, opportunities can come with new challenges and they're great. Hey there from Argentina. Oh, your team's doing pretty good from what I see, Argentina. I be watching. Sometimes with the patients that we have here, everyone has to watch soccer, so we put the game on. So yeah, I wanted to I wanted to share with you what are some things that that the Hand Therapy Commission really want you to know. And I was actually in, you know, I was actually at the Hand Therapy Society and I got to hear their lecture in terms of you know, what they do for the exam and, and, you know, they're very encouraging, right? There's tons of information. I doesn't always seem like it, right? Like I'm with you. Dear Lord, the pass rate is, you know, not high. 
you're an occupational therapist. That's awesome. I'm really happy that you're tuning in from Argentina. You're an occupational therapist there. I don't know if you can be, I'm sure you can be an expert hand therapist and even become a certified hand therapist, no matter where. You just got to look in your country. But the, the HTC, the HTCC, they have a lot of information on their website. And one of the things I want to do is I just want to break some of it down for you because I think that there's a lot of reading on there. They have a lot of very formal words. You know what I mean? They just make everything seem so fancy. And I'm just here to break it down and make it real simple for you, right? I want to help you understand what they are looking for. And they're not trying to trick you. They're not trying to bash your head in. They're not trying to, you know, and not everyone's against you. And one of the reasons why I want to talk like that is because when when you look into yourself and what you can do, you can change, right? You can make modifications. You can plan for it. So at least you have hope and, and, and opportunity. But if you constantly think that it's them and you constantly think that, you know, the world's out to get you, HCCC is trying to make you fail for whatever reason, then sometimes, you know, you put it into their hands and you have absolutely no control, right? So if you put it back into your hands, you have control and you can change the narrative. I want to talk about those four aspects that the Hand Therapy Commission actually wants you to know. And I think that people have a tendency to forget what they are. I'm actually going to write it down for you. You know, take note of this, right? So in the exam, the four aspects that I want you to know is also called the four domains, right? Can you see this? The four domains. Oh, let, me, let me pick a different color. Can you see that better? Green is just not our color today. All right. First, Maybe a little bit it's because I'm kind of far from the screen, huh? You know, there's four four domains that the Hand Therapy Commission wants, they, they break it down and they want you to focus on. Of course, and inside those domains are a lot of other, you know, groups of information, right? But let's break it down. Evaluation to prognosis. Three, treatment, and four, what I call general knowledge, or we can call it fundamental, fundamental knowledge, right? So the reason why I break it down for you like this is because it, it can help you to organize your studying, your thinking through. The test is very much like what happens in the clinic, right? I own and run and work at and train through in a private therapy clinic where I don't get prescriptions. I don't get fed prescriptions from a doctor's office, right? I have to figure out what's going on, what's going wrong with the people that I work with. Even when I was working with a surgeon, even when I was across the hall from a surgeon, I was, you know, across the building from the surgeon. I've always, for a long time in my career, I went from working in a skilled nursing, working into a hospital, did a lot of acute care for a long time before I moved into a hospital-based outpatient center. 
And then from there, I went and worked for a private practice that was across the hall and saw a lot of post-surgical cases from a, a hand surgeon, from a local hand surgeon. And then I went out and opened my own clinic. But either way, regardless of where you work, in whatever setting you work in, the idea is that you want to be able to look at someone who's coming to you for for help for, with a problem that you know what you are supposed to do with them, right? And it comes down to you have to know how to evaluate someone. So what is what's encompassed in evaluation? Well, those are going to be different types of tests. Those are going to be the names of the different tests. Everything about evaluation is ruling in and ruling out, ruling in and ruling out, right? What is their problem? The history, things like that. And the reason why evaluation is really important is because that sets you up for everything else that's after. But here's the kicker. This counts for 26% of the total score. It counts for 26% of the total score. Now, prognosis comes after that, another domain. So I just kind of simplify the, the terminology. But prognosis is where you are thinking about their plan of care. Prognosis is where you figure out when you're allowed to do things, when, how, oops, right, not how, when you're allowed to do something, you know, yeah, when you're allowed to start something, when you're allowed to progress somebody, you are looking at complications. It's when you can anticipate particular types of problems, right? What is safe to, you know, what is deemed to be safe to do at a particular point in time? When are you allowed, you know, what's contraindicated, at, which means, nope, you are not allowed to do this at particular times, right? Prognosis is 20% of the total score, right? So here's the thing. I've been working with therapists for, this is now formally three years inside the exam prep program and more outside of the exam prep program with my own therapists and even before then helping other friends and stuff like that past exam. But what I've noticed in the last few is something that I've always been told. And I think that you might have been told as well. And I think we need to break this habit. And it's the idea that we have to know and memorize protocols. Protocols are guidelines. And when you get started, the protocols help you. What happens is when you are trying to become an expert, i.e. trying to pass and become a certified hand therapist, right? Protocols can in a way hurt you because if you sit there and just think about how to memorize them, then you might get tricked on the exam, not tricked, but triggered on the exam and not know how to truly answer a question because the questions on the exam are asking for the best answer. They're asking for the best answer. Just like your patients, when they come to you, they're asking for the best answers, right? What do I do? What's the best answer for this? There's a lot of answers. There's a lot of answers. You can do a lot of different things. But on the exam, they're asking for the best answers based on the choices that you have, right? So understanding the breakdown of this can help you to organize your... What happens, I have noticed and found in speaking with people 
speaking with therapists who struggle and even therapists who don't struggle, maybe they pass, but they're still doing this, which is trying to memorize the protocol. So then what it ha what happens is it leaves you wondering, gosh, am I allowed to do this? Am I allowed to do that? But if you break it down, you if you understand certain aspects, you know how to evaluate, you'll know what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do, right? And look at that total score. Not everything is, is counted even, right? We didn't, they didn't divide this shit and be like equal parts for everybody, right? This is not like dividing it amongst your kids and you got to have, everyone's got to have equal parts. It is not equal. It is not equal. When you're studying for the evaluations, understanding how to evaluate someone so that you can rule in and rule out a particular problem is key. It's 26%. Prognosis? 20%. So if you're spending a shit ton of time trying to memorize protocols in the order of blah, blah, blah for a flexor tendon or whatever, you might be spending your time incorrectly, right? So just kind of keep that in mind. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just pointing out this is the blueprint that HTCC gives you, right? And this can help you to organize your studying. Now, y'all people missing out here, right? treatment so once you know how to evaluate once you know the prognosis like what you're allowed to do what you're not allowed to do what are some of the complications when are you know what are some problems that you know are going to come about right you then are allowed to implement your plan of care this is your treatment and your plan of care right this is what you actually do in the clinic a lot of times right you spend the majority of your time as an occupational therapist as a certified hand therapist providing treatment here's the kicker this counts for 32 percent of the total score 32 percent of the total score right? So when you're studying, it really is not about memorizing. It is really about understanding concepts so that you can apply it and you can be able to break down the information that is given to you at any given time, no matter the kind of question that you get. Because listen, you're just going to get a ton of questions. The kind of questions that I got, like, Dude, I got so many nerve questions, like when I took the exam, so many. And then other people take it and they're like, oh my God, I got so many wrist questions. Other people take it, oh, I got so many shoulder questions. And then everyone's like, God, why was there like every other question about a split? <laughs> right? Why was there every other question about splint? So they they have this huge bank of questions they have a huge bank of questions and they do all this statistical analysis and make sure blah 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 it all like fits you know they make it super complicated but and they never share the questions right which is fine they never share the questions the questions that you see in different practice exams and stuff like that are just all made up right but at the end of the day like you just want to be prepared for any you know, any questions that come up, just like you want to be prepared for any question. No, not any question. You just like you want to be prepared for any patient that comes your way. Like I always say, I've never in my career, lucky for that person, I've never seen a toe to thumb transfer, right? But I would sure know what to do with it. 
right? And that comes down to knowing how to evaluate someone, knowing when I'm allowed to do something, what are the complications, and then knowing how to implement the treatment because it is 32% of the total score. Now, fundamental knowledge, fundamental knowledge is 22% of the total score. So that's just the way it's broken down. I didn't make this shit up. They they did this. But you know where fundamental knowledge is. So I always hear a lot of people get stuck in the fundamental knowledge. In the in the I've got to to draw out the brachial plexus like a million times over, right? I've got to part. I've got to memorize everything. I've got to do a uh, pop quizzes. That's fine and dandy, right? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with pop quizzes. What I'm saying is that you've got to be beyond that when you're studying to become a certified hand therapist because so much of it is about being able to apply your knowledge, being able to apply the information that you've been spending weeks, months, and years honing and understanding. You have to be able to apply it. So when you think about fundamental knowledge, fundamental knowledge is all the things that, you know, to a certain extent, they want you to memorize and understand, like, the nature, you know, what's the tendon made up of, you know, how is the surgery done? What are the different methods of, you know, like ultrasound, blah, 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 like all those key little things, your anatomy. So when you think about you think about what you're studying and where you're putting your focus, you know, think about where you're going to put your focus, where are you going to put your attention that's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. So are you going to sit there and try to memorize these little key things that might not necessarily help you at the, at the risk of not studying other things, right? But if you understand fundamentally a lot of your anatomy, and you don't need to study anatomy the way you studied at the university, the way you studied in college. And I think that is one of the other biggest things that I talk to with my, my members in my program. Stop trying to study the anatomy like you studied in college. And they wanted to know where each fiber was attached to the lump of this bone. Dude, just pay attention to you know, a certain amount of the origin insertion, where is it coming from? Where is it going to? And the key thing, how does it affect that particular area with that particular problem, right? You've got to be able to take what you're trying to memorize, the concepts that you're trying to understand, and then be able to apply it to an actual injury. So you understand the nature of the injury. You understand the anatomy behind it. Take the two together, and now you can apply your principles of how you evaluate. What are the tests that you have to run to rule in and rule out a particular problem? Once you rule in the particular problem, what are you allowed to do, right? Do the same thing with my patients that come in, shoulder pain, pinching here, pinching there, got an MRI. MRI is going to probably follow under fundamental knowledge, right? Now I got to rule in and rule out stuff. Even with the MRI telling me that there's a percentage torn of the rotator cuff, a certain percentage torn of the labrum. Okay, I'm going to evaluate from a testing perspective what tests, what's showing up positive, you know, what's, what's showing up positive, what's showing up negative to confirm the MRI. 
but it's in the evaluation that I can rule in, rule out, like, are there some capsule tightnesses in certain directions? Which muscles are not moving very well, right? In a rotator cuff, in, in, you know, what's the positioning of the scapula? How is the scapula moving? That's applied knowledge. And then from that, I can think about prognosis. What is this person allowed to do and not allowed to do? What are the complications? What does it mean if he has a certain percentage of his tendon torn? Should he have surgery? Well, the book says, you know, if you have this amount of tear torn, yes, having surgery is indicated, right? Full thickness tear, surgery is indicated. So then what do we do as therapists? Well, prognosis-wise, we have to treat and see in a certain, if we can treat it conservatively. But at some point, we have to decide conservative treatment, therapy treatment is not enough for a full thickness tear, for a certain size labrum tear. And so we have to make the recommendation to surgery. Well, we need to know as certified hand therapists, what type of surgery, what kind of surgery? What would you recommend to the surgeon if you were to recommend, if you were to have a good relationship with that surgeon, make a recommendation, right? What's the, what's the protocol? What would he be able to be allowed to do afterwards? That type of stuff. And then it comes into treatment. So let's talk about treatment in terms of conservative. Well, he's not fully torn. He's got good motion, right? What is he technically allowed to do? So if he's, you know, got an impingement, positive for a rotator cuff tear, positive for a labrum tear, what am I technically allowed to do with him, right? Well, if he's got a labral tear, do I really want to stretch him to end range? The answer would be no. You have to understand why. You have to understand why. And then what are you in treatment? How are you starting him, right? What are some activities that you potentially could do? So herein lies the difficulty is like, it isn't about what you would do. It is about what the best answer is on the exam about the question and the, the example that they're giving you. So you have to be able to break down what you see into, uh, into the two-dimensional like sentence and word so that you could break it down and say, okay, well, they're allowed to you know technically do external rotation. Well, how far can you go? Do you do internal rotation too? You know, how would you progress somebody like that? In what order would you progress them? Things like that, that that falls under plan of care and treatment. They're going to give you some examples. You just have to be able to break that down and apply information that you know. So the hand therapy commission breaks it down for you. Those are the four aspects that you might be missing as you're studying, that the, the commission breaks down for you. And I'm just here to point it out to you to help you make it easier and keep you focused in terms of, you know, what you could be studying, how you could, you know, if you understand this, right, if you understand this, then you can work to help structure your study in a certain way. Now, I can guarantee you a lot of times people forget because let's face it, we get like very, you know, we get really tied into certain things and then we forget this, right? I 
constantly inside the exam pro program, constantly remind my students of this. When we talk about different concepts and we talk about the different, let's say the different topics, let's say we're talking about shoulders and we're talking about how do we break, break it down in terms of having them understand all the concepts how kinematically that shoulder moves, then how do we understand how that moves so that we can apply it to evaluation, how we can apply it to prognosis and treatment. You're going to be able to study in a way that helps increase your chances of making the best decision for the types of questions that you're going to get on the exam, right? It really comes down to that. It really comes down to that. So if you're studying, if you're studying for the exam, Keep in mind these four domains. And I can tell you right now, the majority of the people I talk to forget about this domain. And they don't even realize that not all of the things that they're studying count for different things, count for a different amount. So y'all people suck on memorizing things that, yes, you do have to memorize a certain amount. But the most important thing about memorizing something is being able to take that memory and apply it. If you're memorizing things and you cannot take to apply it, you're not going to be able to make decisions on the exam and pick the best answer because that's what they're testing you on, right? And I know they put these like words in the way they do it and stuff like that. That's a whole nother topic <laughs> of like how to answer, how to read and answer the questions. Right? That's a whole nother topic. But when you're studying, like how do you get the overwhelm out? How do you study in a way that's easier, that's more doable, that's more enjoyable? Is when you break things down in a way that make it easier, it won't be so overwhelming. If you break the topics and the things down, like the domain sound, it will make it more doable. You know, one of the things that I talk to people a lot about is uh, the idea of, of just freaking giving yourself a chance, for God's sakes. Give yourself a chance. So many people are just willing not to give themselves a chance. Give yourself a chance. You're already working as a therapist. It's no harm, no foul, right? But you got to put the effort in. There's got, you got to have some urgency in this because at the end of the day, you know, you, the more you build up your skills and it's not just hands-on skills, it's critical thinking skills, critical thinking skills, being able to make decisions, being able to make decisions fast. Those are the things that will give you more choices in your career. Those are the things that will help you to avoid burnout. Those are the things that will help you to combat quote unquote imposter syndrome when you're talking to somebody and they're asking you questions and they're like, why this, why this, tell me about this, that you have a perspective to share, that you have an opinion to share, right? Studying this and studying it in a way that that where you understand the concepts and you can make the decisions, you'll feel better and feel more comfortable sharing your opinion, telling them, yeah, based on what I know, based on what I see, here are your options. And that's what I told my dude. I told him, I said, you don't have a full tear. It's 75% torn. So based on your age, based on your activity level, you know, it's a, you know, it's a solid, it's a solid idea. 
Those are solid ideas to have surgery. Nothing wrong with having surgery. I help my patients make decisions, right? Because they go to someone that, you know, a lot of times they go to surgeons and surgeons, what's in their toolbox? Surgery. When they go to therapy, what's, what does the therapy do? Therapy's all about therapy, right? We are for our profession. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Nobody's doing anything malicious, but it's from a perspective. So he technically, from a technical perspective, he can have surgery. Absolutely would help him a lot, right? From a therapy perspective, well, from a therapy perspective, we can try conservative treatment. Let's try conservative treatment for three to four weeks. And we're going to see, one, if we decrease your symptoms. Two, if we can keep them away. Boom. We're at three weeks and we are no pain, keeping our symptoms a little bit, you know, keeping it a little bit. Sometimes there's some triggers and that's okay because three weeks kind of isn't enough, but it's enough to give us some information to say if someone's trying to avoid surgery, is it possible, right? Sure it is. Sure it's possible, right? But we help our patients make decisions, but in order for us to help our patients make decisions, we have to understand and make decisions ourselves. That is what the exam really will test you on. It will test you on your ability to critically think through all these domains. Fundamental knowledge. Fundamental on what do you understand so that you can evaluate them in a way that gives you the best information to know what to do to create that plan of care and say this is how we're going to take care of it and then the the implementation the actual doing 32 percent of the total score y'all people you picking this up you getting this because <laughs> it's so important it's so important right it's so important it's one aspect it's one aspect of how you're studying Right. So if this is at all helpful to you, let me know in the comments. Let me know, is this helpful at all? Because I really want to be able to make sure that you're paying attention to the right things in the right areas to help you study in a way that makes it easier, more doable for you. Right. It's totally possible. I know holiday season's coming up. So people are like, well, maybe I'll not study. No, put your back into it. <laughs> Put some urgency to it because time stops for no one. Organize your plans around studying for it, right? Your job doesn't stop. Life doesn't stop just because the holidays are coming. Plan around it. We all have holiday plans. We've got people coming in. we got to cook. we got to bake cookies. <sighs> I'm sorry. Was I talking about myself? <laughs> I got requests coming in. I haven't made pumpkin cookies, so I got to make pumpkin cookies. Even though I'm kind of late on the pumpkin cookie deal, got to make snickerdoodle cookies. So those things, they, they just don't stop. Your life doesn't stop. So don't keep putting off the exam. If you have the goal, if you have the, the desire right? Because it takes effort to become a certified hand therapist. If this shit was easy, everybody and their mother would be one, right? But it's not. It's not for the faint of heart. 
is for the people who really want it, right? It's for the people who really want it. So study in a way that's going to increase your chances of passing. Pay attention to that. The four domains. Go check them out. It's on their website. It's got a long list. I just literally broke it down for you. Instead of reading it all and trying to write all the notes out, just keep this in mind. And the biggest thing is it's not divided equally. All right? <laughs> I hope it helps you organize your thinking, organize your thoughts, and in terms of how to study for the CHT exam, because I know it's possible. So if you're looking to become a certified hand therapist in 2023, if it's in May, I hope you've been studying already. If it's in November of 2023, it's all good. No matter when you want to do it, you have to put some urgency to it and do it now. Get started now because it's always, you can always put it off. So don't keep putting it off on yourself. Give yourself a chance, start studying. And if you need my help, I'm here. Um, the exam prep program is currently open for enrollment. I'm going to be closing it down December 23rd. Okay, I'm going to be closing down enrollment December 23rd, and we will not open again until April. So if you've been looking for help and you've been thinking about it and you've been struggling on your own and you've been putting it off and you know you want it, now is the best time to ask for that help. Now is the best time to apply for that help. Go take a look. If you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, then the link is there for you. If you're on Instagram, check the link out in my bio. Read about the program. Get the details on it. We're going to get started January 31st for the live 12 weeks of calls right before the May exam. But every, everyone currently inside is inside studying, right? So they're going through the curriculum as they're supposed to right? There's an order in the curriculum of how to study to make it easier for your, yourself, chunked out in a way to make it easier for you so that you can understand concepts. So it's not about memorizing and everyone's in there studying right now. And then come January 31st, we're going to be going pretty fast through it for everyone who's taking it in May. And then everyone who is joining now, because there's some people who know you have to be aware about who you are. People know that they want to take, they need a little bit longer. They're going through, they're taking a little bit longer in the program. They're going to the November exam. So if you're interested in getting some help to study for the exam, please reach out to me. You can send me a direct message. You can apply for the exam and then send me an email. And then we'll book a time where we can talk and, and create a real solid plan for you right? To make sure that it can happen, right? So give yourself a chance, do it without delay. All right. If you have any questions about that, you can go to the website or you can send me an email or message. All right. I hope that helps you. And I'll be coming on. I don't know. I always say I'm going to tell you guys when I'm coming on so you can send me questions, but then I always get caught up with so many things, but I'm going to try to come on again later this week and share some more tidbits of everything that I'm learning as, you know, as the students are coming through and they're giving me some, you know, you know, the results of the exam and everything. So I'll be sharing, I'll be sharing some information with you guys in terms of how to study, how to get it done, 
kind of stop putting yourself off. So much of it is just that you got to change the rhetoric. You got to change your narrative. You got to change your story so that you can give yourself a chance. I hear so many people don't give themselves a chance and you're the only person who takes away your potential. Nobody else takes away your potential but you. And that's why I keep talking about it because nobody is going to force you to do this. Nobody, nobody is forcing you to become a certified hand therapist. Nobody's forcing you to do this work. Nobody's forcing you to be really good with your patients. You could be a half-ass therapist and do okay, but that feels really shitty too, right? You know, you pick your heart basically. You want to, you know, work to be a solid therapist, an expert therapist, one that knows how to really get results for your patients, know what to say, know what to think, know how to think, know how to make decisions. Or the other hard is, you know, doing subpar work, not feeling good, not feeling confident, getting by, getting by, you know, that's that to me, that's the worst, just getting by. Because that's a whole different type of hard. Because you feel really shitty about yourself. You really feel really shitty about your job. And I, you know, if there's anything that I stand for, it's just about you know feeling really good about the things that I do, feeling really good about the results and how I help people. You know, there's two different types of hard, and you get to pick which one it is. All right, all right. Ooh, I'm shaking the table. All right, you guys. Oh, let me show you my penny. So I hope you guys saw the story from the other day about, about my penguin that I ordered from Amy. So she's so adorable. I, I still love her. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to pick my goal for the year so that we can start feeding her. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate everyone who's come on, watch, send me a message, send me an email. I look forward to talking to you guys soon. All right. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Huang's World Podcast. If you are brand new to the hand therapy world, head over to my website, www.handtherapysecrets.com, where you can get started with some of our free guides and paid programs for both OTs and PTs diving into the world of hand therapy. Or if you've been listening for a while, watching on our YouTube channel, and you think you could benefit from developing and moving your career further along in hand therapy, reach out to me and my team at info at and tell us exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if you know someone who could benefit from today's show, please share. Thanks. See you on the next episode.